everybody. I'm Bob Walters. Welcome to the Locked Up Sports Weekend Wrap-Up. We got a big one here for you today. The Mets and Yankees get back to work after a day off as they try to stay hot. LeBron James and the Lakers are eliminated as the Denver Nuggets advance to the franchise's first NBA Finals. The Lakers try and stave off elimination tonight against the Heat, who try to sweep in their way into the Finals. And the Florida Panthers take a 3-0 series lead over the Carolina Hurricanes as it looks like all the conference championships are heading to sweeps. I mean, it, it is, it's disappointing, but it is, it's also amazing with some of the teams in the same sense. But welcome to the show, everybody. Bob Walters here, Brian Gunzel Studio, Sunnyside. Uh, this is the Locked Up Sports Weekend Wrap-Up. We got a lot going on, so let's get right to it. The Mets, let's start with the Mets. Day off yesterday, coming off of a, a crucial, huge homestand. They, they, they're winners of five in a row. They are winners of five dramatic games in a row. Five dramatic, come from behind, home run wins. Uh, Pete Alonso hitting home runs. The kids hitting home runs. Lindor hitting big home runs. Marte got a home run. And there's a couple of things I have with, with the Mets. Uh, I'm thrilled that they're playing better, that they're winning games, that they are finally seem to be coming together, gelling as a team. You know, it's kind of that they're, they're having fun out there. This last homestand, the, the Mets had fun. Okay. But it's not really sustainable the way they're winning games. The bullpen stinks. The bullpen stinks. I mean, there's, they had no business winning probably three of the five games, especially the first game of the doubleheader the other day. They had no business winning that after Adam Adovito came on. Scherzer pitched six great, re, excellent innings. That's another big bright side for the Mets is, is Scherzer and Verlander because the, this team's going nowhere without Scherzer and Verlander. And for them to come out in that doubleheader, both pitch excellent outings. Scherzer went six innings, gave up no runs. Verlander went eight in the nightcap and gave up no runs. So those were those are big signs. But Scherzer goes six innings. The bullpen gets to the eighth. And Adovino comes in. And I was in the ballpark. And I, I said immediately, I was like, oh, you just kind of saw it coming. Walk, base hit, base hit, three-run home run. And then Robinson comes in. Buck brings in Robinson for the four-out save. And he comes in, and the first pitch is, is taken out of the ballpark. And now you're down 4-3. So now you come into the bottom of the ninth, and the Mets get, luckily, they get a walk to Beatty, followed by a two-run opposite field home run by Marte, and away they went. And then in the nightcap, they, they got the, the brilliant pitching uh, by Verlander as he went uh, eight innings, gave up one run. He beat Bieber, who also pitched a brilliant game for the Indians. He went all nine. And he, or, you know, he went in, you know, he went eight innings and he lost the game two to one. He lost, he lost a pitcher's duel. But the rest of the games, the Mets, the way, the way that they're winning these games, it's not sustainable. So, yeah, you like to see it. They're playing well. They're winning ball games. But you're not going to win games like this because eventually those home runs are not going to always come. You can't be banking on late inning, eight inning, eighth inning, and, and later home runs. I mean, they had the, three, the two three-run home runs against the Rays, which started the streak, which was, I mean, that's a huge win. you got to have wins like that to kind of get a, get the wheels going on a win streak. And that's what they did. The Yankees coming off of a sweep in Cincinnati. I mean, it, it, it's good to see. Severino pitched excellent. And that, that's what Severino does. Listen, Severino pitches good. The, the, the problem is not Severino when he pitches. The problem is he doesn't pitch. He's always out. He's hurt, this, that, whatever it is. 
he doesn't pitch well. And he's also got a little rift with him and the Yankees. He didn't want to be sent down to the minors and everything like that. But we'll get to the Yankees in a minute. Um, the Mets, listen, they're going. They're, they're in Wrigley. Duh. They're in Wrigley. And the Mets, Mets generally don't play well in Wrigley. I think just over my lifetime, you know, they haven't. The Mets and Cubs, of course, is a huge rivalry going back to the days where there was only two divisions in the in the National League. And let's see what they can do. This is a, t- a Cubs team that's not very good. They're, t- they're six games under 500. They're kind of a, an average to below average team. The Mets need to beat up on teams like this. They've gotten themselves back into the division race. They are, let me see, the Mets are five games out of the division, which is not bad considering... You know, they're coming off a 6-16, and 16, just a, a terrible stretch. And now they're playing well. They're five games back in the Braves, so they're, they're still within striking distance. At one point, the Mets were nine back. You know, you're, you're nine back like that. You, if they're nine back going into the All-Star break or something like that, they, they're not going to come back and beat them and, and overtake the Braves. The Mets are not going to do what the Braves did last year. They're, they're not that kind of team. The bullpen needs to be addressed, okay? There, there are certain things. The bullpen, we just said, needs to be addressed. You can't be blowing leads like this. You need a bullpen that you can count on, that can get outs, that can get big outs, especially that can get to your closer. Now, we all figured going into the season with Diaz going down in the, in the WBC that the closer position would be the issue. The closer position has not been the issue because Robertson has come in and he's pitched very well. Besides that home run the other day in the eighth, which, okay, it's going to happen. That's going to happen. But he's pitched very well. That's not been the problem. The problem has been getting there. It's been rally. It's been Adovino. And, and Adovino, listen, Adovino is no good. So the Mets are going to have to address that. I think they. I don't think that's something that you address from within. That's something the bullpen is something that you could always address at the at the trade deadline. There's always going to be a couple of uh, you know diamonds in the rough out there. Relief relief pitchers on bad teams on teams that that were supposed to be good. That turned out to be not good. They, they're falling out of it. And also, starting pitchers, maybe a fourth or fifth starter on a on a not-so-good team or a third, fourth, or fifth starter on a not-so-good team that they want to deal and the Mets want to give them some kids, some, some assets down in the minors. But that is something that has to be addressed. Something else going on with this team, which I've noticed recently, has just been kind of bonehead plays. Okay, um... Things you don't usually see from Buck Walter managed teams. Bonehead base running plays. You had Marte the other day fixing his gloves while standing three feet off the bag. What the hell are you doing? Like That's something that you see like in T-ball or in low, low level of Little League where the guy's picking daisies and he gets picked off. You can't have that, okay? You've also seen other bad base running. McNeil has made a couple bad base running errors. Um, it Throwing the wrong bases, things like that. It's just things that you don't see from a Buck Showalter team. Play, uh, bonehead kind of not you having your head in the game type of plays, and I don't know how that gets fixed. I think you got to just, you know, you got to just roll with it and, and hope that they come around. You, you know, you're professional baseball players. You can't be forgetting how many outs there are. You got to know what base to throw to. You got to know how to run the bases. You got to know when you can go first to third. You got to know when you can and you cannot take a chance getting to third base and making it out. I mean, one of the first things they teach you in Little League is don't ever make the first or third out of an inning at at third base. The Mets have made 
the first and third out at third base multiple times this year. So we they got to get that straightened out. This team is not as broke as they looked during that six and sixteen stretch. They and that that's usually the case. Usually when a te- you know a team's not as good as they as they are as they look when they when they're going real well, the, and teams are not as bad as they look when things are going poorly. And that that's how kind of the Mets are. The Mets are not a you know as good as they they look. They're not going to be hitting eighth inning home runs all year. Come from behind, huge three run home runs. That's not going to happen. But they're also not going to, you know, they're not as bad as they were when they were 6 and 16. And thank God for the Knicks and the Rangers, right? Because that kind of took, you know, we had one eye on the Knicks and the Rangers and one eye on the Mets and the Yankees, who both were not playing well. And they would have been getting slaughtered. I know me and Brett and I were, were killing them. We were we were starting to lose hope, but but we also had the Knicks going on, which was a huge story. So it kind of distracted us a little bit. And now the Mets seem to have worked their way out of the funk. And we'll see what they can do on the road as they go to Chicago for three. And then Colorado for two games. And then home for the Phillies. Now the Yankees the Yankees have a big series this weekend. Okay? It's Memorial Day weekend coming up. It's a it well, it's not this weekend, I'm sorry. It's it's the week. But you got you hit Memorial Day weekend, and that's kind of the first check of the baseball season. You hit Memorial Day weekend, you kind of see where you are. Okay, you're 50, 60, 55 games, something like that into the season. That's when you first can kind of look around and say, okay, how are we? Are we a good team? Are we going to be in this race? You start to evaluate the teams. Before that, it's, it's always it's early. It's too early. It's, it, don't look at them. It's still early. It's still early. You hear that all the time. Well, now when you hit Memorial Day, it's not really early anymore. Okay, you've crossed the, the quarter pole of the season. Now you start to get serious. You want to start winning these division games, and the Yankees have a division series and a team that's ahead of them coming into the Bronx tonight, and that's the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles are young. Okay, they played well. They pitched well. They are somehow three games, only three games behind the Tampa Bay Rays, which with the start, I mean, the Rays are playing 800, 850 baseball, which just that's another thing that's not sustainable. And the Orioles have kind of kept pace with them you know the Rays have come back down down to earth a little bit with the help of the Mets last weekend they've now lost I think 14 or 15 games total for the season they are have a three game lead on the Rays I'm sorry on the O's and they got a six game lead on the Yankees so now the Yankees also seem like they're they're in the in the race six games is very doable but when it's 10, 12, 13, which is where it was headed and where it was for a little while, that's not sustainable. You, That's not something that you're going to overcome. You know, if you look up at Memorial Day and you're 12, 13 games out, you, you, you're not feeling good about yourself. So the Orioles come into town. Big series for the Orioles. I think it's a big, bigger series for the Orioles only because the Orioles aren't good. The Orioles haven't been good in a long time. Okay. They now have Rutschman as the catcher. He was the top pick. He's hitting the cover off the ball. They got a decent pitching staff. The Yankees got Severino back, who has pitched, who pitched well when he pitched. And like I said, Severino, the problem is not when he pitches. When he pitches, Severino is an excellent pitcher. Lights out most nights. The, the problem is he just doesn't pitch. You can't keep him in the lineup. You can't keep him on the team. Now, he went down. He was bitching and moaning to the Yankees about making these these rehab starts. He didn't want to do it. He didn't think he needed to. There's a little rift there. 
I, it didn't seem to affect him the other day as he pitched excellent. But again, it was against the Reds. It wasn't against the Rays or this Orioles team. So we'll see how that goes. The Yankees starting pitching has been an issue. Cole, one of the, uh, if not the best pitcher in the game right now, one of the best pitchers in the game. The bullpen has been decent. They've kind of got the, they've got the bats going a little bit. They 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 got rid of some dead weight. The Yankees finally, I mean, finally make the cuts. But they finally made the decision to get uh, to get the dead weight off the team. Now Aaron Hicks, they cut Aaron Hicks, and they also and then five minutes later they had to cut him a twenty seven million dollar check. And and listen, that's why you if you have kids you steer them towards baseball instead of football. Because if Aaron if Aaron Hicks was a football player for the Jets or the Giants or any other NFL team, he would have been cut, and then he would have got next week's check, and then that's it. It doesn't matter if he had a half a million dollar contract or or three hundred million still left on his contract or three hundred thousand still left on his contract. He would have got next week's check, and then that's it. He plays baseball. He's owed twenty seven million dollars still left on his contract. The Yankees cut him the other day, and then they cut him a twenty seven million dollar check. And that right there, forget everything else, that is the reason why you choose baseball over football if you're, you know, if you're lucky enough to be, you know, have the talent to have a chance to play or have a child that has the talent with the chance to play. So a big series out at the Bronx, in the Bronx, Yankees and Orioles, that gets underway tonight. Both teams had a day off yesterday. It was it was a rather light day in baseball. It was one of those, you know, following the weekend they have a couple Mondays like that where not many teams play. There were a couple of day games, but whatever that was. Um, the Lakers, LeBron James. LeBron James yesterday, listen, he's going to catch a lot of grief from the LeBron haters, from the, the Michael Jordan section of the crowd. Oh, he got swept. He couldn't do it. If you watched that game last night and you watched the series like I did, the first half last night was one, was one of the all-time first halves for LeBron James. He carried that team, and yeah, they lost, and yeah, they got swept, and they weren't good enough. They weren't supposed to be here. That's the problem with LeBron James's career, is that he's been on a lot of teams where he is basically it. He's the only player that's, that's decent. Now, this was not one of those teams he had Anthony Davis who just, uh, we'll get to that in a second, because as always, as always he does, Anthony Davis disappeared in the big spot. He got the title, it's the, it was a COVID title. I am not an Anthony Davis fan. I've never been an Anthony Davis fan. I felt like he's soft. I feel like he disappears in big spots. And that's what he did in this series. For him to come out and say, it's my fault. My team wasn't ready to play. What What do you mean they weren't ready to play? It's, the, it's game three of the conference finals. It's a must-win game. You're down 0-2. If your team's not ready to play that night, when is your team going to be ready to play? And this was a championship or bust season for the Celtics and for, for Boston in general. The Bruins, you know, you know what the bed in the first round. And we're going to get to that in a minute, too, because the, the Florida Panthers, I don't even know what to say about that. But the Bruins out in the first round. Now the Celtics, the Celtics, and I even said it when the Bruins lost. They still have the Celtics. At least they still have the Celtics. And now to come out and, and to, to go out the way they are look like they're about to go out. Is just got to be disappointing and disheartening for everybody up in Boston. So, but back to LeBron James. LeBron James, listen, LeBron James, he's an all-time great. Is he better than Jordan? Is he not better than Jordan? Uh, who cares? 
and I hate having the argument because when you make the argument, when you say, I think LeBron's better, the Jordan people think you're saying Jordan sucks. When you say Jordan's better than LeBron, the LeBron people are saying, think you're saying that LeBron sucks. If you're saying somebody's second best all time, they're still good. It's still a compliment, okay? So we're not going to go there with that today. But LeBron, he played, he did everything he could, everything he could. And they got beat by a better team. The Lakers, let's face it, the Lakers weren't even supposed to be there this season. They had a roster that made no sense coming into the season. Anthony Davis played well. He did play well up until this point. He played he played excellent during the regular season. He played well during the first two play, rounds of the playoffs. Not not so much in this series. And it wasn't something that, that LeBron could overcome. He couldn't overcome and, and win the whole series by himself. And that's what happened. And they got swept away. And Denver, you know, Denver's not going to be easy to beat. They're going to be heavy favorites over the Heat. But it could just, it, it's one of those destiny things with the Heat. I mean, they just look. They're running over everybody. The, 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 to be honest with you, the toughest challenge they had was the Knicks. Knicks took them to six games. And we're really uh, one or two possessions away from forcing a game seven, which I think they might have even won. Now the question is, as a Knicks fan, are you, do you feel better about the loss to the Heat now that the Celtics, the Celtics have basically been run over by the Heat? Or do you feel like, damn it, we could have beat the Heat, and now look at this, we could have beat the Celtics. So I don't know. I, I really don't know how I feel about that. I'm not, I'm not somebody who, I want the team that beat me to win the whole thing so I could say we lost to the champs. Listen, as a Knicks fan, I don't like the Heat. As a Knicks fan who grew up in the 90s especially, I don't like the Heat. So, but it has been fun to watch this team. Jimmy Butler's been unbelievable. He's a big-time player. He's a big-time playoff player. He's not better than Jokic. He doesn't have the talent that Jokic has. Jokic is one of the best big men we've ever seen. So who knows what's going to say? Is it going to be fate? Is it going to be talent? What's going to win in this NBA Finals? We're going to talk about it uh, when when we get there, which will probably be after tonight. PGA Championship was also this weekend. Bruce Kepka takes home his fifth major, and when now he's at five majors. Now you go from a great player to you're on the borderline on the cusp of that all time great. You know you're you're right there where he's a great great golfer, or is he an all time great in five majors? He's right there. Into five majors, you start. You could say you're a great all-time great. Now I'm going to read you some of the players with five majors or less. Okay, so the players with five majors, you got Seve Ballesteros, you got Byron Nelson, Peter Thompson. So these are great players. Now, once you hit six, six is where I think you become an all-time great because at six you're at. Nick Faldo, Mickelson, Lee Trevino, and then you got Sam Snead, Arnold Palmer, Bobby Jones. Those type of players are at seven. And Kepka can get to seven. Now, he could absolutely get to six, and I think he will. I think he's going to be a favorite going into the Father's Day weekend at the U.S. Open. I do. So, is Kepka an all-time great? I think Brooks Kepka is right, right on the cusp of the conversation of being an all-time great. But that's not what anybody wants to talk about this weekend. Everybody wants to talk about, and rightfully so, is Michael Block. Now, who the hell is Michael Block? 
listen, I don't blame you for asking the question. Because if you didn't watch the tournament, I'm sure you've seen it, but you might not have heard the name. The name Michael Block, he is a he's a he's a club he's a club pro. Okay. He got into this tournament. He he's not a prof- you know, he's not a professional tour he's not a tour player golfer. He's a professional golfer. He's not a tour player golfer. Came out of nowhere. Finished top fifteen. He got an invite into he, he's automatically into next year's PGA. He is he got invites now to the Canadian Open and multiple other tournaments. He won three hundred plus thousand dollars in winnings this weekend, and he had a slam dunk hole in one on the par three. I it, you know it doesn't get any better than that. It was basically tin cup with a happy ending. And if you don't know what tin cup is, it's the, the Kevin Costner golf movie where he gets into the U.S. Open as a as a you know a a, a play, he plays his way in, and he's leading the tournament, and he gets to 18, and he dunks like 10 of the 10 balls in the water. This was Tin Cup with the happy ending. And, I mean, give the guy all the credit in the world. And you know what? Now he's, now he's an attraction, because now he's going to be invited to some of these invitational tournaments. He's already gotten invites to a couple I've seen. I know the Canadian Open, and there's a couple other ones that have invited him. He's going to be, and if he does okay, if he plays okay, he's going to be, he's going to get a bunch of invites. He's going to be all over the place. I got my uh, studio crowd here. I am on babysitting duties today for our lovely Bethany Hope Walters who is the Mets' newest good luck charm. She's yet to be on this earth for a Mets loss, which is pretty incredible. So if you hear any you know, crying in the background, that's what it is. Um, so, he, listen, give this guy credit. He was, a, he was a fan favorite. They were going crazy for him. The, I've never seen a hole-in-one like that before. I, I, I'm sure it's happened. I've never, I've never seen it where the ball just lands directly in the cup. They they're calling it the slam a slam dunk hole in one. I, I it looked like a curry three. Nothing but net. It didn't even. I mean, I'm surprised it didn't even bounce out. It hit. I'm surprised it didn't go straight in and bounce out. That's how that's how hard it was hit. That's how that's how perfect it was hit. And you know what can you say? It was fun watching him. Is he gonna go on win tournaments and have a great career? No, he's not. Um, he it. But is he also the guy who won? Who I can't even remember his name right now as I'm thinking of it. The guy who won the slam dunk contest this year from the G League or wherever he came from. He's not him either. Because you know why? He did this in the major. He was a top 15 finisher in a major championship, a PGA championship. You know, that was a, a, that was a dunk contest. And give the guy credit. He made headlines. He was great entertainment. It was fun to watch. It's different. It was like if he scored 40 points in game six of the NBA Finals. That's what that guy would have to do to equal this. That's how that's how impressive this is. So we'll see what he does going down the road. But either way, he had his moment in the sun. And listen, all power to him. And now he could at least he could probably double or triple his price for golf lessons at whatever club he is the club pro at. So there's that. Now, now last night... Before we go, I want to talk to uh, I want to talk about the uh, the NHL and the Florida Panthers. This is this is my favorite thing going on right now in sports. Okay, you have, of course the Mets and you know their home runs and everything. Okay, that's fine. I'm a Mets fan. My favorite thing in sports right now is the Florida Panthers. This is unbelievable what they're doing. 
Their goalie, they what they've done here is what everybody says can happen in the NHL. They've hopped on the back of a red-hot goalie, and they said, take us to the finals, and take us to the to promised land, and that's where he's headed. Bobrovsky has made unbelievable saves. He has stood on his head. He won a one nothing game last night. He won a four-overtime game in game one for the Panthers. They came out of nowhere. They, they backed into the playoffs, and the very last day they needed a collapse by the Pittsburgh Penguins just to get into the playoffs. They, they needed shootout wins over the Rangers the second to last day of the season, and then another win over the Bruins. They come in, they beat Boston, the best regular season team we've ever seen, 43 points in the regular season better than the Florida Panthers, and the Panthers beat them in a Game 7 overtime. Then they go to Toronto, and they play Toronto in a seven-game series. A team that, an original six, okay, a team that is hungry, desperate, a fan base that is just as desperate as Knicks fans to have for any kind of winning. They've been terrible. They haven't won anything. They just finally slayed the dragon of winning their first playoff series. And the Panthers go in there and they run them over and they win that series in five games. Now the Carolina Hurricanes, a perennial conference finalist team, a perennial good team for the last seven, eight, ten years. Rod Brindamore, an excellent coach. And they have just, they've gotten a little lucky in this series. This series has not been, you know, all Panthers by any stretch. They won a four-overtime game in game one. Then they won an overtime in game two. Game three, they win one nothing on the on the back of Bobrovsky, who's just making unbelievable saves. He's got an unbelievable stick and blocker, uh, stick, stick side with the blocker. He, he He's unbelievable, and he's winning these series for them. The power play has come through. The penalty kill has been decent. But it's not been bad enough where it's it's cost them. They have made they've scored timely goals, they've scored overtime goals, they beat great teams, and this is a team that nobody picked. Nobody would have even thought to pick them. If you in the begin if in the beginning of these playoffs, if you said I got I got the Panthers, I got Bobrovsky and the Panthers. What are you kidding me? Bobrovsky wasn't even playing when the playoffs started. He has now come on here, and he has just taken the league by storm. Now he's a goalie who has played in the past. Don't get me wrong, Bobrovsky is a good has been a good goalie in this league, but he has come on out of nowhere, and he has put this team on his back, and they are now one win away from heading to their second franchise Stanley Cup final. First one in '97, they lost. Uh, I believe they got swept. John Van Beesbrook was the goalie. I'm not positive, but they did lose. This time, it this is this. More than anything else, the Heat or, or anything like that feels like a team of destiny. It just does. It just has that feeling, and I have I've loved every second of watching these Panthers play. I've had I think it I think they're winning tight games, they're winning blowouts, they're they're beating original six teams, they're beating the best team that's ever that's ever come through the regular season in the Bruins. I mean, give them credit. I, I'm rooting hard for them. I'm rooting hard for the Panthers. I think they sweep this series tomorrow night. And I think they go on to the Stanley Cup Finals, and I think they could beat either of the Western Conference teams coming out. And it's been fun to watch. You know, it's been, it was disappointing when the Rangers went out. They went out in a very disappointing way. Um, their coach, their coaching search still ongoing. Uh, you know, there's names being thrown around here and there. I'm not going to get into it because it, it, you know, I'll get into the weeds with it. You don't want to hear about it right now. Um, but. The Florida Panthers, I mean, I, I've had a great time watching. The, the Stanley Cup playoffs, the bottom line, Stanley Cup playoffs never disappoint. 
Stanley Cup playoffs never disappoint. The NBA playoffs, these conference finals are a disappointment. I'm sorry. You know, you you, you had Le, you had LeBron, you had Jokic, you were expecting a good series. A lot of people picked Denver five, six games, something like that. But you expected the Lakers to show up, and it turns out they weren't as good as we thought they were. So, you know, they're out. The other the other series, yeah, Miami's kind of a feel good story. It's a, down in South Florida, something in the water down in South Florida. Miami's a good story. You didn't expect them coming, but they've been here before. Miami's conference finalists, you know, last year or two years ago. They've been here. You didn't see it, okay? You didn't see it coming. They 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 beat the Knicks. But this Florida Panthers story is just unbelievable, and I hope they finish off the job. I really do. I hope they raise the cup two, three weeks from now, and we're going to be talking on Friday to a, a, a big hockey fan. And as you know, clearly I'm a, I'm a sports junkie. Some of you also know, some of you may not know, that I'm also a news junkie and a politics junkie. Love news, love politics, follow it, like it sports. We have NBC News, one of the top correspondents for 25 years at NBC News, Kevin Tibbles. You've seen him, you know him. He was on NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. He was on Meet the Press. He was on the Today Show. He's been all around. He's covered everything from Princess Diana's funeral, Barack Obama's inauguration. He's covered. He's been in war zones reporting. He has covered five separate Olympics, and he is a big time Toronto Maple Leafs fan. So we could ask him. He weighed firsthand as the Panthers ran through his team, and I am. I'm. I'm very excited for the interview because, like I said, I'm. A, I'm also a, a news junkie and a and a politics junkie. On top of being the sports junkie, so I can't wait for it. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a great interview. Um, you know, it, it, he's he's one of the top correspondents. When he retired, I, I believe a couple two years ago or last year, when he retired last year, they had tributes on the nightly news, video tributes on the Today Show. It's a big name, so I'm excited for it. I think you're gonna be excited for it. I'm excited to bring it to you guys. Me and Brett will have that for you Friday. Okay. Just make sure you watch it, because I, I promise, sports fan, not spot, not, you know, it might not be a, a full geared sports show. It's going to be, we're going to listen. We're going to talk plenty of hockey with him because he's a good hockey fan, and that's how I ended up coming across him. Is I see him post, I saw him posting about the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that was another story that I was kind of following was the the Maple Leafs because it kind of paralleled the Knicks for me. I thought the Maple Leafs fans kind of paralleled the Knicks story, so that that kind of got me into that. And I seen him posting on Twitter and everything, and I was like, I gotta have this guy on. This guy's great. And you know, he agreed to do it, and he's coming on Friday, so it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an excellent show. Brett, Brett, and I will be there. We'll have it out for you Friday night. It'll be good for the weekend for you guys to listen to um, and watch, of course. Um, so tonight we got uh, Mets Yankees back in action. Mets and Wrigley Yankees home big series against Baltimore. Um, NBA tonight, NHL tonight, it's all on the table. Big weekend ahead, big week ahead, heading into the Memorial Day weekend as we are just steps away from summer, my favorite season, and that, that'll pretty much do it. Listen, I got a baby to take care of here. She looks like she's hungry. I'm going to feed her, and then we're going to get the day started. So enjoy your day, everybody. Enjoy the rest of the week. Remember, Friday, Kevin Tibbles, 
NBC News correspondent Kevin Tibbles will be with us on Friday. I'll talk to you Friday, everybody, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Bob Walters. We leave you tonight with some sounds from the weekend that was in the world of sports. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to let everyone know by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on our website at LockedUpSports.net. Remember, you can also find us on your favorite social media site, on Twitter at LockedUpSports, on the gram at Locked underscore up underscore sports. Join our Facebook group, Locked Up Sports, or on TikTok at Locked Up Sports Show. Now you can catch all the latest from Locked Up Sports anytime. Thanks for listening.